970 WATH, good morning. And, of course, 97.1 on FM as well. I tell you what, that snow's cool out there. And I am not talking about thermal. It's just beautiful. And it arrived last night at a neat time and... And it's not really troublesome. You know, the temperatures are not that bad and that sort of thing. A lot of it melted overnight, really. Uh, the streets were in pretty good shape this morning. But, uh, of course, uh, can't take any chances with school buses and things like that. So a school got called off. Um, I'm on the calling list, you know. So at, uh, what was it, 531 in the morning, I got... The telephone rang, and um, school was canceled. Anyway, we are under a flood watch now until about 25 hours from now. That is to say, uh, by the end of tomorrow's program of the party line. And it's not just Athens, it's uh, really all our area counties. Athens, Gallia, Jackson, Lawrence, Meigs, Vinton, and Washington. A flood watch. Now, the forecast calls for our getting a lot of rain. Which will probably make this uh, snow disappear pretty quickly. But, um, okay... Let's see here. Scott just pointed to something. Okay, so right now, um, and this showed up on your phones and in other places last night, we are still under a level one snow emergency. Um, And, let's see, similar counties. So we got Athens, Hocking, Jackson, Meigs, Morgan, Perry, Vinton. I have a medical appointment in Columbus today. So as soon as the show's over, I'm going to be headed north. But uh, we have, uh, you know, we'll just drive cautiously, right? What else can you do? Um, Anyway... But we're supposed to get a lot more rain. And that's why they've issued this flood watch. So we're just going to have to be alert. Now, Scott, the, the first thing I thought of last night was this old, uh, we used to say old wives' tale, right? Yeah. But uh, that's no longer politically correct, I guess, to say it that way. Let me see here. Let me get the right mic on. You're on two, right? Yes. Okay. There we go. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, So, you know, we've been saying for years that there's some theory that uh, whatever day of the month, numerical day of the month, you have your first significant snowfall, you will have that many during the uh, the winter to follow. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so yesterday was the uh, 15th, right? That is correct. Um, so, in, you know, whether it's 15 or 16, because it sort of happened in that midnight hour. Um but I think the majority of it fell in the first four hours, or the last four hours of December 15th. Okay. However, um, I mentioned back in early November, we had a pretty significant snowfall the night of the 11th and 12th of November. So with that one, I was counting that as the number one significant snowfall, and this one number two. I see. Well, that works better for us. Yeah, as if if you don't like instead, a lot of snow. If, in, instead of having <laughs> 15 storms during the year, we're going to have uh, 11 or 12, right? 
Well, yeah, based on, you know, what I well, I was watching for the first significant, you know, snowfall as mentioned. So with with that if that if that old myth holds out, we'll see see what we get. But this one will count as number two. Okay. So you're tracking it. Yes. And we'll we'll see how that all pans out at the end of the yeah. season. Last year, um I think it was pretty close. We were only like about a day off, if I'm not mistaken. I think it snowed on mm, December 9th of last year, and I think we had uh, nine or ten significant snowfalls. So we, we were pretty close. It was close anyway. Well, today is Monday. It's December 16th, the 350th day of this calendar year. Uh, that just means, of course, simple math, 15 days left in the year. Um, let's see, our highlight in history, we go back to the uh, famous Boston Tea Party, um, which happened in 1773 on this date. Uh, the Boston Tea Party took place as American colonists boarded a British ship and dumped more than 300 chests of tea into the Boston Harbor to protect tea taxes. I'm sorry, not to protect, but to protest tea taxes. And, of course, on any given date, we could read you... We could do a show as long as uh, we're allowed. That is to say, the entire hour could be filled up with different things that happen on any given date. But um, we just try to choose one or two. Um, the thought for the day comes from Sir Noel, Noel Coward, who, of course, was an, an English actor, playwright, composer, very creative guy, who also was born on this date in 1899. He died in 1973. Noel Coward. Pretty cool dude. Um, let's see. Okay, here's here's uh, what they're attributing. This is a quote they're giving as our thought for the day. It's discouraging to think how many people are shocked by honesty and how few by deceit. Yeah, no doubt. That's heavy. Unfortunately, That's yeah. That's heavy. That is. Uh, he he often was um, a bit more lighthearted. But uh, in this case, that's kind of a heavy one. Yeah. All right. But, yeah, it, it's, but it's still accurate. Uh, yeah, resonates pretty well. You know, I try to be honest in everything I do and say, everything like that. And it's just like, like the saying there says, people are just shocked by honesty anymore but not very shocked when it comes to deceit, it seems like. Let's see. Birthdays. Famous birthdays. Uh, Civil rights attorney Morris Dees is 83. Joyce Belafont, the actress, 82. Liv Ullman, 81. Leslie Stahl from CBS, 78. Let's see here. You know, I... <clears throat> uh, recently, they've started putting in names of different people who are in different bands or acts, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. And I don't know about that. So I kind of steer away from it. Like guitarists from... Rock bands or something yeah, like that, yeah, yeah, like, and not the lead singer, right? Yeah, the headliner. Anyway, um, I mean, they're very talented. Oh, and they of course, deserve recognition. Right. Just, I don't know, is they're notable for their birthday on this given date? <laughs> uh, anyway, um, let's see here. So I'm skipping down because suddenly I have a whole block of them. 
Um, now I have a whole bunch of actresses that I've never heard of. Not that I'm any authority on that sort of thing. Well, we'll simply... Uh, I apologize, folks. The last person I'm going to mention is the youngest person being mentioned today, an actor, Stephen James, who's just 26. Just no names pop out at me. All right. Well, we can put this sheet across the way. Uh, today is National Chocolate Covered Anything Ooh. Day. <laughs> and now, so I guess we could, um, oh, chocolate-covered fire truck? <laughs> could we take uh, pumper truck number three and cover it with chocolate? Well, I, I suppose, since it said anything. Okay. Uh, it's also, and I need a little help with this. How about National Chocolate-Covered Medicine? That'd be a good one, wouldn't it? Well, wouldn't there be a tendency to choose some of those things? Maybe, and, yeah. yeah. Or if no. it was syrup. Anyway, <laughs> um, th there's only two things listed today. The other thing is Barbie and Barney Backlash Day. Mm. Okay, now Barbie, I always think of that Kind of skinny little doll. And who's Barney? Oh, remember the show Barney and Friends? That cartoon with that big purple blob that Barney was? I don't know what he was. Was he an LSU guy? Um, no, but he should be. With all that purple. It what? was called Barney and Friends. Okay, well. It was, it was on PBS. Okay. In the early 90s. I think it was. So what, did Barbie and Barney have some sort of clash over the years? Well, I think what they're saying, it's uh, this backlash day, it allows parents to take a vacation from all the repetitive sing-alongs and storytelling <laughs> uh -huh. from both of those shows. Or, you okay. Know, some, of the, some of the things, you know, where you pull a string on a, on a toy or a mm -hmm. doll and mm -hmm. starts singing over and over and over and things like that. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Okay, well, anyway, that's what it is. Um, now, speaking of <clears throat> purple, uh, what color shirt am I wearing today? Purple, indeed. Yes. And it's the proper shade of purple, I might add. Yeah, it is. Folks, um, what an honor. What um, what a neat weekend. Oh, my. The interest of the community um, in this whole Joe Burrow phenomena. Um, it's just been fun. And it's been, you know, my wife is a, like sports, but I've never seen her get into it quite like she has this year. Um, it, and, and it's fun. It's fun. Now, Saturday night, 8 o'clock, a one-hour show on ESPN. And it was toward the beginning of the second half hour that they announced who the Heisman winner was. Four very fine football players were in the final group, including, of course, Joe Burrow. Athens High School grad went on to Ohio State, graduated from Ohio State, still had two years of eligibility, went to LSU, finished out. Almost. You got one, maybe oh, two oh, more games oh, to I go. I see what you meant. Yeah, yeah. I was getting there, but you got you beat me. Yeah. <laughs> the, the point is, he isn't finished <laughs> out yet, um, but he has won.
the highest honor, <clears throat> the Heisen. Now, so uh, there were a variety of uh, announcement parties Saturday night. So Channel 4 was down at Cat's uh, Corner. Channel 6 was at Pigskin. Channel 10 was at Bronies. Um, we were, uh, we, we went to Shade. And you know how they have all those TV screens around. Oh, yeah. And so they'll have, have it worked out so that they've got a variety of different things showing. So if you're a soccer fan, you can watch that. If you're a football, you know what I mean. As most sports bars do. Every single screen was on the one thing. They even, where they normally have music in the background a little bit, and then they use, what do they call it, um... Um, the character is coming across the screen. Oh, the the crawl? Yeah, the but there's a term for it on your TV. Closed captioning. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, they, they, they hooked up the sound from ESPN to their house system. So uh, everybody was interested in it. And uh, there was an applause, of course, and all that stuff. It was really cool. Um, so Scott, you are far more, I don't want to say sports fan, but you are, you have a greater, stronger, deeper background in sports than I do. What was your impression? Um, it was kind of, uh, one of those once in a lifetime moments. Yeah. There's a lot of times when we were broadcasting the Bulldogs when Joe was a senior at Athens High School. And the team they had that went to the state finals, uh, we would say this is a once-in-a-lifetime team that that you're going to be seeing at Athens High School. So we encourage folks to get out there and do that and follow the Bulldogs, you know, and, and mention Joe and a lot of the other guys on that team that contributed to the success of that. And... For me, it was a culmination of, of not only knowing his dad, Jimmy, from being a colleague at Ohio Athletics, mm-hmm. but the first time I met Joe, Joe was a lanky, thin kid. You know, you could tell he was going to be tall. Um, but to see him develop in some of the pictures that I've seen from a lot of these kids that played on the same teams, you know, back when they were, you know, in middle junior high school, even before that. To, to watch him go from such a young age and grow into the man that he has is phenomenal to see that development. And I remember telling his dad, Jimmy, when I think Joe was a sophomore at Athens, I said, Jimmy, I'm going to tell you right now, Joe is going to be the best football player to ever come out of Athens High School. And Jimmy, with his humble response, said, well, thank you. I appreciate that. So my reaction with the culmination of all of that, not only playing football at Athens, football at Ohio State, at LSU, and on to the big stage where no one gave him hardly any recognition. Uh, Well, I should say they gave him hardly any recognition. At the beginning of the season, you know, and, and Joey spoke of this. I called him Joey. That's what I've always called him. Yeah. But anyway. Um, I do that once uh, Yeah. Well, no one really even had him on the radar at the beginning of the season. And Joe spoke of that to Coach O, you know, the coach of LSU. How about us? Everybody around here calling him Coach O. Well, that's what they call him. All right. So there's a connection from here, this area, to Coach O because of Joe. But anyway, in Joe's speech there, Coach O uh, was mentioned, and he said, uh, you know, you took a chance on me uh, having not played for three years, played sparingly at Ohio State, and I came here, and you gave me that opportunity. And he said, uh, you know, he will be forever thankful and grateful to Coach O for what he's done for 
not only Joe himself, but his family, too. And uh, Coach O was just sitting there with a grin mm-hmm. from ear to ear. And for me, again, back to original thought, it was thrilling, uh, cold chills, goosebumps, whatever you want to call them. Uh, watching his acceptance speech, you know, Joe became emotional there. Um, I did, too, mm-hmm. watching it. And a lot of people that I've talked to did. And I actually felt a tear roll down my cheek mm-hmm. while I was watching him do that. And he was pausing, trying to gather himself. And he, uh, his mom and dad were saying, just, you know, proud as could be. I mean, there's no word to to explain the, the feelings and emotions that were probably, not probably, that had to be going through Robin and Jimmy. Mm-hmm. But my my thoughts, exactly what I said, just excited for that young man uh he wasn't given the award he earned it well after he like every award he got the maxwell award the davy o'brien award the associated press player of the year some of that stuff i don't even know about you you know you're telling me he's won all these other things but, yeah um but this it, is the it, pinnacle yeah of awards <laughs> is the apex and then let's go one more it's one more notch okay here. There's only... Hang on. Okay. He didn't just win it. Oh, yeah. He won it at a larger level than anyone before. A high, the highest percentage ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you talk about all the great players in history that have won that award. To put Joe's name next to that and above that with the highest percentage... I want to know who the 44 people were that didn't vote him first place as the winner. Well, sports writers vote, coaches, and uh, every former Heisman Trophy winners that vote. is selected to be a voter. As I understand it, they have to rank one, two, and three. Correct. And. Joe had more, excuse me, I didn't mean to burp, uh, had more (laughs) number one votes than anybody before. And then, of course, a super strong bunch of twos as well. So when you added all his numbers together, he surpassed any former Heisman Trophy winner. That is just crazy off the charts. Fantastic. You know, like I said, this is the the highest level of achievement that a college player can attain. And for him to win it with that vote, I mean, you can't say enough about that. Yeah. I mean, we probably can't say something that's already been said, but we will. <laughs> Did you have something in mind? Well, uh, you know, again, I I calculated there are about 12,650 Division I college football players. All right? That's that's 110 players, approximately. All right, they have 85 scholarships, but let's just round it to 110 with walk-ons included at 115 Division I schools. 12,650 players, and Joe stands out above all of them, and he stands out above every Heisman winner that has ever won that award. And again, I, I can't emphasize the word apex, the top, the, the pinnacle, you. Uh, you know. where, where now, and, and we don't mean to make such a big, big issue, you know, and put a man on a pedestal, but really, I mean, that's that's pretty close to putting someone on the pedestal. Now, let's go on. We mentioned this uh, only kind of in passing a few minutes ago. His season's not done. Right. He has won and possibly the ultimate number two game to go. Um, Now, you know, what everybody's thinking about is, could it be that they'll win the first game and then it'll be Ohio State versus LSU? 
where he wasn't considered the man. I was very impressed with watching um, as he went through those seated there, his coach, the, the coaching staff at LSU, and then went over to the Ohio State game. Yeah. That seemed very sincere to me. Oh, I, I have no doubt it was sincere. And um, it, it moved me. Yeah. We do have a caller. I think they've been waiting a long uh, can time. Can I add one more thing, too, well, before well, we bring them aboard? Is, uh, Joe mentioned the, the kids in southeast Ohio in his acceptance speech. Okay. About how they went to school hungry. I was a little troubled with that. And. A bit, but. But then, it's reality. Well, okay. Uh, and he was basically is, speaking up for those kids that he stands here for those kids. As it turns out, he and his family have had a long um, effort throughout his college careers. Um, to do something for that. So he spoke up about it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, he did it with a little too broad a brush, I thought. Okay. Because there's a lot of great things down here, too. Well, I don't absolutely. want us just known for starving kids. Right. But well, poverty areas. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. But um, I, so it bothered me initially, and then I learned um, oh, a couple hours later about their efforts that they've been doing for ever since he went to college. Okay, now let's get our caller fixed up here. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I wish Joe Burrows and his parents and grandparents all the luck in the world. I hope they don't have to do what I did as a grandmother and watch my very bright honor student grandson Tackled in a regular football game with all the quote-unquote proper equipment, lie there with a concussion, not knowing who any of us were. He did make a recovery. Then he had to have brain surgery. So maybe you could do a program on concussions. We We did do one, and I will try to line another one up. Well, and I do appreciate, I certainly don't wish Joe Burrows or anybody of course. that terrible time, but I particularly don't wish the parents and grandparents that terrible time. So, Very well. Uh, well, and how is, he, how is your grandson doing now? He is doing quite well. Okay, good news. But it was a long, <laughs> scary trip. So. I got you. All righty, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, it's unfortunate when you hear that. You know, I used to have parents um, come to me and say, um, this back when I was coaching at a serious level. Um, They would say, uh, you know, my my kid's playing soccer because I don't want him to get hurt. Um. I'm here to tell you that I have seen a number of serious injuries in soccer. Oh, yes. Um, I don't think there's any sport in which you can avoid injury. Um, And, you know, in football, uh, hockey, they wear so much protective gear. Um, so that different uh, impacts or collisions they have, um, you are protected from. But um, if you watch uh, rugby or soccer, um, Mercy, they have, other than their shin guards, well, you get my point. Yeah. Well, you know, like you said, there are lots of injuries in soccer and lots of concussions in soccer. Absolutely. Uh, We have another caller. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, guys. Hi. Good morning. Uh, I want to share a little bit of trivia with you that you might find of of some interest. Uh, Lay it on Uh, us. LSU. Do you know who the first president of LSU was? Uh, No. It was that close. 
It was not called LSU at the time, but it's called the Louisiana State Seminary and Military Academy, and it was founded before the Civil War. And the very first president was a man who lived 50 miles up the road from Athens, Ohio, William Tecumseh Sherman. Wow. Huh. So, so, Southern Ohio has been represented at LSU in many ways, and uh, of course, he uh, was a rather uh, not a very revered person in the South. But uh, just about a year ago, uh, the old building where LSU was originally founded, which was has been pretty much demolished over years with age. Uh, they finally put a historical marker there, indicating that the very first president was William, which was General William Tecumseh Sherman. He hired the, the first faculty, recruited the first students, and was very, very highly thought of as as their very first president at the time. And of course, then the war broke out, and he left and joined the Union, sort of like you know uh, General Lee was in the Union Army and left and became. Confederate, but anyway, I thought that was a, a bit of interesting trivia that Southeastern Ohio was represented with uh, LSU, uh, with Joe Burrow, and earlier with General Sherman. Just a few years apart. Just a few years, <laughs> yes, that's true. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, thank you. Well, yeah. it's, a great, it's, a, it's a great honor for yes. uh, Athens and Southeastern Ohio and, and the Plains and Athens High School. It's a remarkable young man. And a family, very fine family. Very cool. Thank you. Have a great day, fellas. You Thank bet. you. Bye. Yeah, very proud of of Joe and his family. Yes, indeed. And what they've uh, been able to do. Five nine two six six four six. If you'd like to go over some yeah. other things. Speaking of uh, Joe again, too on the NFL today, uh, Joe was asked to join uh, on the set of the NFL today in New York City, and I don't know if anyone saw this or not, but Boomer Esiason is on that program, a former quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, had a Bengals helmet there that he presented to Joe. And the reason with that connection there is uh, with Cincinnati season right now, uh, they're in line to make the first draft pick next year. And Joe Burrow is being mentioned in a lot of circles about being the number one pick in the NFL draft in April, which may mean that if the Bengals pick him, so Boomer Sison handed him the helmet and said, from one Bengal to another. Wow. <laughs> so anyway, Joe's reaction was, you know, he smiled and kind of laughed at it. And well, you know, we've heard, picture. we've heard um, <clears throat> his parents say, his parents have been, um, because of the coaching career and everything, they've moved a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And they came to Athens for a job. And they both found a good job. And, um, I mean, but initially it was this coaching assignment with Frank Solich. Yeah, that brought Jimmy here. They have now been very open about the fact that this is their home now. Yeah. And uh, there's not much that's going to change that. <clears throat> yeah, they don't want to leave. So if... From what I understand. Right. So if um, if it were cool enough or lucky enough or whatever you want to call it, to have Joe play for an Ohio pro team, Well, that fits into the picture, doesn't it? It sure does, yeah. And if anyone can turn around that franchise and the record, uh, Joe could do it. He's just a winner everywhere he goes. And uh, I was watching parts of the Bengals game yesterday, Excuse me, and somebody had uh, attached a, a banner to one of the walls there inside the stadium. And I don't know if you remember the song, The Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. Somebody had painted a banner and hung it in there that said, keeping an eye on the tiger. And they had tiger in in LSU's colors, purple and gold. You know, that that very word brings up something else that uh, was big this weekend, and that is Tiger Woods. Um, Impressive uh, weekend he had. 
you know. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, we'll just uh, leave it at that. Yeah. But anyway, Louisiana State University, their nickname is the Tigers. Mm-hmm. They've also been referred to as the Bayou Bengals. And so some places are saying, yeah. yeah, from the Bayou Bengal to uh, Cincinnati Bengal. So we'll see what happens. Well, folks, um, all of this is committed to, um, you know, places on the Internet if you missed it. Um, I think you would be um, moved to see it. Absolutely. I was. I watched it and then watched it again <clears throat> and a video of it, <clears throat> and it had the same effect, mm-hmm. too. Just uh, quite the acceptance speech. Very classy. I mean, what what else can you say uh, about that other than just very extremely classy? All right. Um, let's do some other stuff. I was um, waiting for Coach O to bark out one. Go Tigers. <laughs> Go Tigers. <laughs> yeah. His voice is so unique. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see, I came across a joke. I don't know if the timing's right, but I just, this is so weird, I had to share it, okay? So here it goes. Mahatma Gandhi, as you know, walked barefoot most of the time, which produced an impressive set of calluses on his feet. He also ate very little, which made him rather frail, and with his odd diet, he suffered from bad breath. This made him a super calloused, fragile mystic hexed by halitosis. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) (coughs) Oh, boy, is right. Oh, boy. (coughs) Where's where's a pen when I need him? I want to mark it off so I don't read it again. What movie was that? Was it Mary Poppins that that came out of? Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Yeah, was was that it? Yeah, I think so. Dick Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that's... Um, and Julie Andrews, right? Yeah. In fact, um, I think that was on recently on one of the networks. And last night they had the Sound of Music on one of the networks. Again with Julie Andrews. So, all right, well, let's see here. Um, I got a report over the weekend, and I only brought in the um, the short version. And this is entitled, 2019's Most Caring Cities in America. Um, With the holidays uh, reminding Americans to look out for one another through acts of kindness like charitable giving, Americans donated over $427 billion in 2018. So, um, some places were better than others. And like I said, I only brought in the short version. If there's interest, I can bring in the larger. By the way, Thursday, our guest will be the mayor of Athens, Steve Patterson. Um, It's a little hard this time of year to book some guests. Um, We all have so many different obligations. Uh, so I apologize if it seems a little thin. But certainly having Steve will be great. All right. But going back to this, uh, most caring cities in America. Now, um, how do we do? We I've got the top 20 listed. I'm going to guess that they looked at the top 100 cities by size. Um, so, let me first say, in the top 20, there are no Ohio cities. 
Now, Omaha, Nebraska came in 20th. Seattle, Washington, 19th. Our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., came in 18th. Irvine, California, where our son Paul lives, 17th. Jersey, Jersey City, New Jersey, 16th. Gilbert, Arizona, we always hear of good things about Gilbert. Anyway, they came in 15th. Plano, Texas, 14. Denver, 13. New York City, 12th. Now, I, I have to admit, I'm a little surprised at that. But I, I'm also pleasantly surprised. I'll keep going. Aurora, Colorado, 11th. Now, for the top 10. Scottsdale, Arizona. Boston made 9th. Chesapeake, Virginia made 8th. I'll come back to that in a minute. Fremont, California, 7th. St. Paul, Minnesota, 6th. Minneapolis, Minnesota, 5th. Lincoln, Nebraska, 4th. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 3rd. Madison, Wisconsin, 2nd. And the most friendly city in America, Virginia Beach. Of course, in Virginia. Now, Chesapeake, that Virginia Beach... Okay, there's seven metro areas or seven cities that make up the overall metro we call Norfolk, Virginia. Virginia Beach being the largest of the seven. Chesapeake is second. You've got Suffolk. You've got Williamsburg. You've got um, Newport News. I'm missing a couple in there. But the point is that all of these that I just mentioned, including Norfolk, which has about 250,000 right in the middle, make up that general metropolitan statistical area. Most caring cities in America. Well, let's let's see here. We can dig in on a couple stats here. Memphis, Tennessee has the highest share of income donated to charity, which is 5.6%. The lowest is out of Buffalo, New York, 2.3%. Baltimore, Maryland has the most volunteer hours per capita, which is 56%. Point three. Jacksonville, Florida, the city with the fewest at 10.4. Jacksonville, Florida has the highest share of residents who do favors for their neighbors. And that's uh, almost uh, 60, almost 69%. In the city that does the lowest sort of thing like that, Orlando, Florida, with 38.3. Buffalo, New York, has the highest share of sheltered homeless persons. Fresno, California, the fewest. And I could go on and on, but the point is... um, If you want me to bring in um, someone, send me an email note or text me or whatever. And, um, if you'd like me to have a little more information on that topic, we can pull the full report. Uh, what else do we have here? Let's see, we talked about the Boston Tea Party. Uh, the beginning of the Battle of the Bulge, 1944, happened uh, basically today. 
Colonel Sanders died on this date. That's as in Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yep. Died mm-hmm. on this date in 1980. We've had a number of imposters uh, or uh, imitators or whatever the proper... Uh, Impersonators. Uh, yeah. term would be uh, show up since then in various commercials and all, and they're trying to... Actors. Carry on the thing. Yep. I think Norm um, MacDonald was my favorite one. <laughs> um, let's see, ten things to know for today. Um, well, the impeachment thing, of course, continues. And Wednesday, uh, we expect to have a vote. Yeah, the vote we were talking about last week when I said I thought they were going to do it Wednesday or Thursday was the uh, Judiciary Committee. Mm-hmm. But this one will be the full House vote. Is that correct? Um, the House, yes. Yeah. That's my understanding. Unless something comes along to delay it further. Yeah. Another story is uh, why thousands of Ohio voters' absentee applications were denied. Uh, Associated Press found that... Um, Ohio voters were held up or stymied in their efforts to get absentee ballots for last year's general election because of missing or mismatched signatures on their applications. Would it have changed things much? Uh, they, They haven't said so. And I think if they thought they would have, they would have spoken of it. Um, James Comey acknowledges that a Justice Department inspector general report revealed problems in the surveillance of a former Trump campaign aide, but says there was no misconduct in the handling of the Russia investigation. He basically admitted he was the, wrong. Well, not basically. He did say he was wrong. On an interview with uh, one of the national news networks. You know, there's the Hallmark TV channel. Yes. And I guess that uh, they have been submitted some nicely done ads. But that pertain to same-sex marriage. Um, and for some reason or other, they thought, mm, let's not air these. Please send us something else. Well, they've rethought it and even had, um, I guess, um, showings to a test audience. And they've decided to now let them appear. Well, I think those are the couple of things that caught my eye. So let's uh, go back to the Joey Bur- Joe Burrow thing one more time. Okay. So they are going to play is it Oklahoma? Yes. And when? Saturday the 28th. Okay. At uh And should Atlanta, they Georgia. win? And should Ohio State, who's going to be playing... Um, who's Ohio State? Oh, Ohio State plays Clemson. Okay. Should both those teams win, this would mean that they would play shortly after the first of the year, right? Yep. Against one another. Right. Holy cow. Yeah. Ohio State's going to have a tough time getting there. I've seen a lot of people picking Clemson to win by, like, 24, 25 points. Clemson's good. Well, I okay, but... So is Ohio I, State. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'd like to see that unusual matchup. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that would. Of indeed. course. Yeah. Okay, let's see here. we got what time left. Not, not a great deal here, but um, I think a little music would be in order as we wind down this show. 
Lori Morgan. But as long as you love me so 